customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. The Athletic. The only way to score is, of course, to play uh, with a handbrake off. Hello, I'm Ian Stone. This is Handbrake Off, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. It is Friday the 1st of September. Uh, we have got quite a lot to talk about today, uh, including last night's Champions League draw, uh, cleaning up at the PFA Awards. Manchester United preview ahead of Sunday's clash and the latest transfer news with a window slamming shut tonight. Uh, I'm joined by Amy Lawrence and Adrian Clark. Hello. Howdy. Hello. Hello. Nice to see you all. Uh, say see you all, both of you. Uh, a video, uh, by the way, has been doing the rounds on social uh, media. Uh, it's absolutely so glorious. Of course it is. It's Bukayo Saka. Uh, he's being shown fans saying they'd rather Arsenal keep him than win the league this season. Uh, obviously, I couldn't love him anymore, but his reaction is so humble. Basically saying, oh, that's real love, you know. I hope I can repay their faith. It is very, very sweet. So we thought we'd ask, what precious thing would you give up for us to win the league this season? Um, Amy, what would you give up for Arsenal to win the league this season? A kidney. <laughs> that's big. That's big. That, you've, you've, gone in, you've gone in hard there, Amy. She has, actually. She has, well, really. Uh, to be honest, I, I got a bit rushed before this podcast started, but I was intending to Google whether you can live with one kidney. Because I, 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 I kind of half remembered that you could, but I just wanted to make sure. And then I thought, well, I'm going to have to go with it anyway. So hope to live to see the day. Yeah. A kidney. That is hardcore, isn't it, really? You can get good money for that, actually, kidney. <laughs> no, you can. In certain countries will pay good money. You could, um, I don't know what you could do with the money. Treat yourself, I suppose. Obviously, you can't really go out on the lash, really, because that, obviously, the kidney. Anyway, uh, you get the general one, idea. You, know? you still got one. That's still, true. Still That's be true. around to see the glorious... Hoisting of the trophy. She set the bar high, though, isn't oh, she, Adrian? We're talking high. about if we're talking about major organs here. Suddenly, uh, what have you got, Adrian? What would well, you give up? Mine's just incredibly trivial by by comparison, but is it? It, it is precious to me. It might. I would forego my right to get out of taking the kids to swimming lessons every Friday afternoon. That's oh, what I would give. do. Because well, hang on a minute. No, 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 no. Friday <laughs> afternoons are not 
I don't ever want to take the kids swimming and I love it. It is precious to me when I get out of it, when it's not my turn. And I would take them every week until they swam in the blooming Olympics if I had to. Um, that, that's as far as I would go for Arsenal <laughs> to win the league. So look, I don't like it. It's hot, it's miserable, it's boring. I don't want to do it, um, but I will do it if we win the league. So there you go. It's not a kidney, but... Something. No, it's not really. It's not really giving up something as much as it's, it's giving up an afternoon off from yeah. the kids. I suppose. All right, fair enough. I will give you that. I mean, mine is really kid related. Um, I suppose. Really, uh, I could not see them until May. <laughs> it's not that. I mean, I, I, can I still speak to them? Am I allowed to speak to them? Or I don't know what the rules are with all this. Really, I mean, it's one of them lives over overseas anyway. It's not like I see them that much. But I, as long as I could talk to them, plus it'd be an amazing celebration when we won the title. But with obviously <laughs> the one who lives in Belgium, he's not really interested in football. But me and the other one, and enjoy it. Genuinely, it, so that's the joke answer. In fact, they're all joke answers. I reckon I could give up cheese for a year. And I, let me tell you, that would, it's hard. Amy, you're sort of looking slightly that's askance. A it is a struggle. I, I'm <laughs> Less almost of a rather struggle gi- than a kidney. <laughs> than a kidney. I think a kidney would be easier. Gonna have to cheese. give it a serious thought, you know. You're giving me the two options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think I'd give up cheese uh, for a year. Um, for us to win the title, uh, they better bloody win it though. I mean, I mean, obviously we've got to be guaranteed, don't we? Uh, uh, also, I would gorge myself. My my cheese celebration on May the twenty eighth or whatever would be quite something. What what would be your cheese of choice? You know, to break the non cheese <laughs> sacrifice. Ah, that's. Do you know what? That is incredibly hard. I've, I I found this one in in one of the nicest supermarkets called Osso Rati, right? Mm. I don't know. It's absolutely amazing. There's also, by the way, one that I got in Marks and Spencers, which is like a um, a Jersey cheese that is so sweet. Uh, uh, those two, it's, honestly, they're they're like if somebody somebody could deal them to me and I'd be up for it or right, intravenously you know what I mean? yeah that sort of stuff yeah anyway cheese or my children uh, <laughs> one of those yeah yeah it's a similar sort of vibe I'm just really. trying to picture the Venn diagram between our answers here of a kidney <laughs> swimming lesson avoidance and sort of cheese stroke children I don't know if there's any meeting spot I don't think there's any overlap whatsoever not really but which it's, doesn't but it's... which just just makes me feel that it puts added pressure on this sort of trying to win the league situation well I'm, I'm assuming the players aren't talking about this I mean there's a lot of pressure on today you know Stoney hasn't eaten cheese for a while and Amy's <laughs> only got one kidney and Adrian is desperate not to take his kids swimming so we really have to win today anyway let's not put any more pressure on them than they actually I think that uh, needs to be part of one of the one of the team talks you can talk. imagine Mikel with the pictures picture <laughs> board and illustrations maybe a game of operation yeah know. yeah uh, I'm liking the sound of all this anyway uh, very sweet of uh, of all those people to say they they uh, don't want Bukayo to leave for us to win the title and uh, his face is a picture not just the title right Champions League as well we are in the Champions League we had the draw yesterday it is we are, it's currently 10 past 10 on Friday the 1st of September I believe they've just finished the closing speeches <laughs> of the Champions League draw did it go on did it go on? I mean, I honestly, 4.45 yesterday, London time, uh, they said Champions League draw starting. I said, I'm going for a nap. I've been doing a lot of napping. I went for a nap. Honestly, I had a very nice 40-minute nap. Came back. We'd only got to, like, pot two. Honestly, utterly, they go on and on and on. But at the end of it, 
pretty good draw for us. Uh, Jordan Campbell, who was on the podcast last week, has written a really good in-depth piece on what we can expect from each of these clubs. So check that out on The Athletic. When I say each of these clubs, I'm talking about Sevilla, PSV and Lens. Um Amy, you've got some pretty strong memories of when we played Lons in the Champions League. They're the first team we played. I remember going to the home game. Was that at Wembley in 90? Yeah, was I think it was uh, the two Wembley seasons were, were that and we season lost, and the we? one after. Oh, it was uh, the Wembley experience was dismal. But yeah, I went to Lens. It was the first, it, was the first, it seems mad, the first ever Champions League game that Arsenal played in 1998. It was really exciting because, you know, Obviously, every club, even though the if you put it in its contextual time, it was not that long ago that it was the old-fashioned European Cup. So that the the kind of um, mythical status of the Champions League with the music and all the kind of uh, pizzazz that is very much a part of it now wasn't quite as intensive um, as it now is. As a sense, like you you know, players have to play Champions League football or how many years out of Champions League football you've spent that kind of didn't really exist in the discourse in the same way but it was still really exciting and Arsenal had just won the double in 98 so there were quite high hopes of making a good impression in Europe it also wasn't that long since Arsenal had won a European trophy so that's also important for the context you know most of us at that time could remember 94 winning the cup and his cup against Palmer 95 horrors of that final, which I never wish to mention. But yeah, I think I think we were, it was a bit of a reality check because I think Arsenal expected to go over to not one of the leading likes in France and win. And it was a, it was a draw. So it was a slight frustration, but just, go, just going into, into Europe in the elite competition was really thrilling. We had another game in Lens. Uh, I think it was, in the UEFA Cup yeah. in 2000. I just remember that one for bit being absolute carnage in, outside and it's another part of European trips, which is that English fans or away fans don't often get great treatment. I think I got in about half time. There was a tunnel that was, everybody had to go through this quite scary tunnel to get through and a lot of police and a lot of kettling and bottling. And that's the other side of European trips and Lens PSV, uh, I'm not so sure about what it would be like in Sevilla, are definitely places where, you know, it could get a little bit uncomfortable or spicy. You just never know. Yeah, quite. Uh, certainly for the fans. For the team, though, Adrian, um, it's a good draw, isn't it, really? I mean, I know Sevilla won the Europa League uh, and they obviously pushed Man City quite hard in the Super Cup the other day. They're currently bottom of La Liga. I mean, I mean, it couldn't have gone much better, could it? Yeah, I think on paper it's it's it could have been far harder. I'm a little bit envious in a way of of a Newcastle that, Are that, you? We, that yeah that we haven't got those massive glamour matches at Emirates Stadium because that's what we all imagine. We'll get them. We'll get we them in the, the Champions League. No, exactly. I'm sure we will. Rounds. I'm sure we will. Um, <laughs> I don't think there are any gimmies there. No. I think that they're all of a decent level. PSV beat us last year, of course, in the Europa League. 2 nil. Lost we, a few players since then, though, haven't they? Well, but they looked all right when they beat Rangers the other night. And I know it's Rangers, it's a Scottish team, but, but you know, they smashed them. Don't think so, that was really a 5-1, though, to no, be honest. No, 7-3 on aggregate. But the previous round, They'd beaten Sturm Graz 7 2 on aggregate. So they've got firepower. They've got the ability to score goals. Xavi Simons, who who was really good.
good against us last year has left, um, as has Rude van Nistelrooy. So, so it's a little bit of a different PSV. Sevilla, obviously, the last well. time they rocked up at Emirates, we spanked them 6 0 yes. in the Emirates Cup. <laughs> I think I saw it, I think I was sat near you, Amy, that day. And uh, yeah, it was. Um, that was fun. So hopefully we can have more of that. Um, I like the striker there, uh, El Nizri, um up front. He's a, he's a good target man. And and look, Lons were, Lons were a little bit like us last season in France, weren't they, in terms of the surprise title challenges. Only letting 29 goals last very season. Very good defence. Also, some very young talent. I saw some. Uh, I saw a little YouTube clips of uh, Eli Wahi, the young forward they bought. He looks outstanding. Yeah. So quick. Really nice to watch. They yeah. are, listen, no gimmies. You're absolutely right. But, Amy, it's the Champions League. We wouldn't want any gimmies. I mean, people were saying, oh, it's a bit like Europa League. Uh, <laughs> um, League and I also, by the way, I put I put up a little uh, tweet just really just to be provocative, saying Brentford away in the Carabao is harder than those. I don't believe that is the case, <laughs> but in the end, we want to get through top of the group if we can because we definitely want to avoid the biggest till the quarterfinal. If we, I mean, I know I know, obviously, getting ahead of ourselves, but in the end, this I, I know what Adrian's saying about the glamour ties at Newcastle are going to get. But I have to say, uh, in the cold light of day, I prefer this group. Yeah, I'll go with you, Stoney. Although I understand Adrian's sentiments as well. I, I suppose in a kind of dream scenario, you get one biggie and two that feel quite comfortable. But uh, there just feels like a bit too much jeopardy if you've got a really massive, tough group, especially having been so long out the Champions League. So I think I'd be more comfortable in a path that feels achievable, hopefully without too much stress. And also bear in mind that Arsenal are supposedly trying to win the league and getting into that rhythm of, you know, going and travelling potentially and having a a lot of emotional intensity uh, and a physical drain that's a bit different. You might be then going away from home to a team in the Prem who's not had a game all week. You know, these are extra challenges. So if you are hoping to fight on those two fronts... I think having a slightly less in-your-face, very, very demanding group stage should be a, a help. We're talking about a team that is trying to discover itself at the moment. And let's be honest, if Arsenal play like they've played in the first three games of the season for quite a lot of the time against any of these teams, I think there's no gimme. Because at the moment, Arsenal are not playing great. And that's tr- that's a truth. Uh, and they're still trying to figure out what they're trying to do, they don't look as comfortable in their own skin as they did this time last year, you know. You'd have probably fancied the Arsenal of this time last year to walk into European matches and go, right, yes, here we go, we we love it, we're ready for this, we can't wait. You just don't know if there's a different sort of psychological edge this time where they're just dealing with a lot more expectancy and attention on them. So, yeah, I, I think this would be the way to go and I wouldn't get ahead so far as to talking about who wins the group just yet, just want to get a safe passage and uh, hopefully a bit further down the line, look at it and say, right, that's that's the, the goal. But for now, just get off the mark well and um, and try not to put ourselves under too much pressure to qualify. Yeah. I just can't wait to see these young players in the Champions yeah. League because they've, they've, they've waited for it, haven't they? I mean, they're still young, but Saka never played yeah, in the Champions League. I know, Martinelli. I was thinking of that about Saka. You know, guy, guy, even Erdegaard, I know he's at Real Madrid, but this he's, he's, he's a main player now in the Champions League. Declan Rice, this is what he came for. I, I think the hunger's going to be huge from the players in all of these games. And the other thing to consider with this group is that 
the other three teams look very capable of beating each other. Um, I think that that when you've got a skewed group where you've got two massive teams and 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 two weaker teams, it um, yeah you can quickly see that the group being sorted. But I don't know whether that will be the case this time around because I think they'll all be picking up points from one another. That might play into our hands, providing we keep winning. But but yeah, I can see it being quite wide open behind yeah. us, hopefully. <laughs> Well, quite. On that point you're making, Adrian, we have got a, quite a few young players who haven't played in the Champions League. We've also got players like Gabriel Jesus and uh, and Zinni who've played a lot in the Champions League and that will help, I'd imagine, having guys like that in the dressing room. Mm. And also, by the way, JR, our producer, has just pointed out uh, no long trips anywhere. Uh, I was pleased that we didn't say get, say, Galatasaray uh, and uh, <laughs> or somehow get Olympiacos, <laughs> even though they're not even in not even in the Champions League, but I thought somehow they might just put us together anyway. <laughs> the other cup draw that took place this week, uh, the Carabao Cup, uh, Brentford away in the third round. I'm a bit gutted about this, Amy. I mean, that is a tough draw. I was just hoping for, for something a bit easier so we could maybe blood a few more players, but going to Brentford away, that is not easy for it. David Raya could be his first game for us as well. It's not what we would have wanted, though. No, not ideal. I think home games always the best for these things if you can, and then if you, you know, the lower down the food chain the opponent, the more opportunity you've got to showcase and give experience to some of the players on the fringes. So, yeah, a bit unfortunate. But, I mean, there are also a lot of experienced players chomping at the bit to play. And actually, if they can go and um, have an impressive performance at Brentford, it probably gives the manager a bit more to think about than if they're kind of rolling over, I don't know, Macclesfield at home or whoever you might get. I don't even know if they're right, in no, it, no. but you, you know what right. I mean. No, Absolutely. yeah, no, no, it just makes me like it's Macclesfield. They're not in the football league anymore. Oh, God. So, of, all the, so of all the lower league teams to select, oh, there, no. that was oh, uh, okay. <laughs> seventy <laughs> something Exposed. to choose from. Seventy two. Oh, oh, really? really? Funny enough, real. the first one in my head was Rotherham, and I just felt like that was too stereotypical. And <laughs> I don't know where. Probably Macclesfield's all right. I think, I think one of those did, yeah, one of those Robbie Savage videos came up on my Twitter feed sort of just before I was a so I think maybe that's where that was it. that was in my head. If we do get through, obviously we won't okay, get Macclesfield. <laughs> we won't get Macclesfield. We won't get Tottenham either because they went out in the second round. <laughs> well, that shows the danger, doesn't it? Because he did he did rest and rotate quite a few players, uh, Postecoglou for for that one, and they paid the price. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I don't. I think Amy's right. We've got enough senior players that will be gagging for a game that really need to impress for us to to hopefully get the job done. And and Brentford, if memory serves me right, Thomas Frank is a big old rotator when it comes to cup competitions. He's especially. In, I've got a lot of memories of FA Cup ties where he's basically changed ten or eleven players. Yes. So hopefully he'll do that. Quite before that. Huge game on Sunday, Manchester United at home, hoping to get back to winning ways after the draw last weekend. On that subject, and we had a bit of correspondence. Uh, Philip Enoch wrote to the pods, season ticket holder since 1970 and regular since 1961. My God, that was a while. Uh, Philip said, Dear Ian, uh, I was incentivised to send you this email, it said, when I was sitting outside a cafe in Whetstone this morning and saw a 263 arrive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's great, isn't it? The fact that, because I, I did mention the fact that Is that, that your the bus, Tony? That's my bus. That oh, is my okay. bus. Goes from Barnet yeah. Hospital all the way 
to the Emirates, basically, or to very, very it close to, to the Barn. Emirates. It goes to Ivory Barn, it does. Um, well, I'm glad you thought about that. It's great that the bus would set you off anywhere along that route. Uh, anyway, what he said, Philip, he said the crucial the crucial question is whether Mikel goes back to a settled team as we had last year or keeps rotating. At this stage, everyone wants the team against May United to be the first team from last autumn with Rice instead of Xhaka. And some people saying that Eddie uh, should start rather than Gabriel Jesus. Do you think that we will get our wish? Adrian, do you think we'll get our, our wish? I say our wish, most people's wish. Do you think he'll stop rotating at this point and Gabriel will come back into the team and it'll be what we want it to? I mean, I don't know. I don't, do you know, I want it so badly. I want that to happen. But but based on the evidence of, of what we've seen so far this summer, I th- I, I think the likelihood is we might be disappointed with the team selection and that... That that we might see something left field again. I, I, for me, it it feels like a no brainer to go with that that team of, of Zinchenko, Gabriel, Saliba, White, Partey, Rice, Erdegaard, Saka, Martinelli, and then one of Eddie or Jesus up front. Probably Eddie, based yeah. on the fact that he's in good form. So I, I think ninety percent of Arsenal fans at least would go for that team. You didn't mention the keeper, by the way, there, and we can get to that at some point. I mean, I'm assuming you're thinking well, Rambo. Ramsdale, I'm, 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 I'm putting yes. into the team. So, yes. so um, yeah, do I think it will happen? I actually think no. I, I think that Mikel will will either stick with Havertz or, or, or go for Vieira, and he may even leave leave Gabriel out again because Kivio's done fine. Um, it's not, not down to him that... That, that we drop those points against Fulham. So, yeah, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, what about you, Amy? What do you think? Do you have any strong feelings about this? I mean, look, can I just say from my point of view, I really would like to see the team that Adrian just um, said there. But but again, again, I mentioned this on the pod the other day. They have to find new ways of doing things because we were a bit predictable at the end of last season. And um, this is what Mikel is trying to do. But is May United at home the one to experiment? <sighs> got butterflies you know you're just listening to you Adrian like I just uh, already feel a little bit wobbly about the whole affair and because you're talking so much sense and there's that really gnawing nagging feeling that that's not necessarily what we're going to see but I'm quite curious as well because if he does go that I I know this is only a kind of minor part of it all but I think think about the crowd reaction at the beginning of the game, when the teams come out, if he when the teams are announced and he, he picks Adrian's team, ah, you know, like I think there'll be a lot more of a kind of defiant, come on, you know, belief sort of a feeling. And I think if it's not that, and Gabrielle's still out the team, and you know, the, the some of the pieces that are not quite fitting yet are, are as they were. I just think there'll be an anxiety from the from the start, and I don't think you can go into a game of this stature with a, ideally with a feeling of sort of anxiety around the ground, and almost huh. that sense that if something doesn't huh. start well, everybody's going to go very quiet or or yeah. worse. The first you know, misplaced pass. Yeah, you we just and, got to get and, through and actually, the first minute, Amy. It's just got to get through that. Yeah, true. But I've seen I've seen a lot of. Um, uh, bits and bobs talked about on on uh, the on social media about the atmosphere this season, and some people saying, "Oh, it's just as good as ever," and some people feeling that it's different. Uh, I certainly felt 
that the home games have felt edgier, quieter. You know, I think I was yelling like an old fishwife at people around me in the last uh, 10 minutes of the Fulham game to bloody start, you know, singing and get behind the lads and create some energy to try and sort of up the tempo. And, you know, you think about last year, actually in this exact fixture against Manchester United, which was a humdinger um, and, you know, won at the death by Eddie on that real crest of an emotional wave electricity that was going around the the team and the stadium at the time to try and make sure that that game finished off with a win. I don't know. It's it's hard to say because it's such a big topic with lots and lots of people feeling a bit differently about it maybe. But I haven't felt quite the same this year just in terms of looking around me and the energy that I feel. But just to play devil's advocate, it's Forest and Fulham at home. They're games okay. where yeah. it doesn't Fair. drive that same that same ferocity maybe in the stands, that same... Although I would say that the uh, Eddie goal to put us ahead against Fulham like was proper crazy, actually. It felt like a real moment. So I, I don't know how much that's a factor. Yeah, I, I just think it's Man United at home. It's going to be dialled up a few, uh, you know, a few, a few notches, uh, atmosphere-wise. And, I, and I, I feel that this is... This is still the classic rivalry, Arsenal against Manchester United. It's one that I can really relate to. It's the big game for me. And yeah, I, I think the stadium's going to be pumped up for it, especially after what happened in the States where they tried to boot us off the park. I think, I think there's going to be an edge to it. And um, I'm all for that. And I think that edge will hopefully play in our favour. And Eddie, um, I think we'd all have Eddie starting, right? I mean, he got his first senior England call-up a few days ago and he's on form and we know what he's like when he starts in the games. He's fired up. Mikel Arteta's talked about him in training a few weeks ago and saying he's basically made it impossible for him not to pick him, although he didn't <laughs> the other day, <laughs> did he, against Fulham? But absolutely, I'd want to see Eddie leading the line. He's a man in form and, and, and at Emirates Stadium, his record is phenomenal. I don't have the d- figures to hand, but it's almost a goal a game going back quite a long way now. Freddie in all competitions at Emirates Stadium. So yeah, look, it's a place he's he's thriving in. Um, my, my only the only negative is that I think he's a more effective sub than Gabriel Jesus. I think that Gabriel Jesus is a is a starter. For my memories of Jesus in an Arsenal shirt are electric first halves that maybe taper taper off a little bit after the break. I don't know the breakdown off, off by heart of his goals, but I think a lot of them are first half strikes. So, so there's there's that part of me that thinks start with start with him and and, and bring on Eddie for another yeah. great cameo. But it, that would be harsh on Eddie, who who definitely warrants a a start this yeah. weekend, and and I don't think he'll let us down. No, quite. And also, I'm reading no Luke Shaw or Raphael Varane for Manchester United. Bukayo Saka hopefully will have a run at who's playing whoever's playing uh, on that side. I've got. I did, I did a piece um, this week, and it was on our tactics. It's for the Premier League. I th- it might be out. I'm not sure uh, whether it's out yet. But in that piece, I talked about how how we fed the ball to Saka, um, and how maybe the setup of Partey coming in field had sort of opened up a pathway to, for us to get the ball to Saka even easier. <laughs> and I couldn't believe what I was reading. I had to double check it numerous times. 
But Bako Saka has touched the ball almost 100 times more than any other Premier League wide man so far this season. We're three games in. He's, he's had like almost 250 touches, I think. It's, it's, it's extraordinary, the amount that we fed him. And obviously the fixtures play a part in that because we've had three very winnable, top-heavy, possession-heavy games. But that that is a positive Amid all the sort of doom and gloom about how we're not finding, you know, as much pizzazz, which is true, we are finding a way to get Bakayo Saka into the game a lot. And that's that's definitely a positive. Can only help. Um, yeah, May United at home, 4.30 on Sunday. And I, I have to agree with Adrian. I think the stadium will be well up for it. Uh, and that's my first my first home game, so I will add some noise <laughs> to that. Have and you I'll got, be thinking you, got about, your throat working again by then? Today, uh, I, I, I would hope so. I would hope so. I'll also be thinking about cheese as well and about... <laughs> I'm not going to be eating it until May. Uh, I, actually, I don't know if we're actually going through with the whole kidney cheese, giving up the kids take swimming. Anyway. Um, we can't do this before we win the league. <laughs> I thought well, it was you too... suggesting that, you know, we give something up on the off chance that we win no, the league. No, I think not, the deal is you, you win the league and then you have on to, Monday you know, morning. do oh, your no, sacrifice. I thought it was, no, I thought it was beforehand. No. But okay. oh, oh, this, this, come on. This is a that sacrifice was, that, that we made. a massive lack of clarity in the question. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you're taking this seriously. Okay, anyway, uh, United Home on Sunday. Cannot wait. Um, after the break, we will talk about the PFA Awards and the transfer window as well, which closes uh, this evening. Uh, this is Handbreaker Off the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham, all new, Thursdays on FX, stream on Hulu. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We were a bit uh, with the handbrake at time. 
Ian Stone, Amy Lawrence and Adrian Clark here on the Athletics Arsenal podcast Handbrake Off. Now, if you haven't already heard, uh, we're doing a live show on November the 15th at Leicester Square Theatre. Appearing will be Amy Lawrence, Adrian Clark, James McNicholas, uh, a.k.a. Gunnerblog, if you didn't know, and me. And uh, it should be a lively affair. And I know I think half the tickets are gone. So get in there. Buy your tickets 15th of November at the Leicester Square Theatre for a live handbrake off. Yes, Amy? Bring your cheese sandwiches. <laughs> I was going to say steak and kidney pies as well, but I'm not sure that's what you meant. Anyway, um, we did. We won some awards, by the way, uh, this week. Bukayo Saka won the Young Player of the Year at the PFA Awards. It's fantastic. Of course, it's more acknowledgement of what a star he is. Uh, the first Arsenal player to win the PFA Young Player of the Year award in 12 years since Jack Wilshere won it in 2011. Uh, previous Arsenal winners include Cesc Fabregas, Nicholas Anelka, Paul Merson and Tony Adams. Adrian, that is a decent list, That's right? A very good list. No, it's, it? he deserves it. He really does. Of course he does. Of course he does. Um, I'm glad that he got the accolade because because Harland is so young, he kind of qualifies, I guess, for both. But but I'm pleased that footballers out there, because they're the people that voted for this, have recognised that. Let's differentiate. Yes, Harland was the Player of the Year, but Saka was also very special. And um, yeah, he he absolutely deserves it. It's it's a great it's a great honour. And it just feels weird that the because I went used to go to this awards at the end of most seasons and it used to be a bit of a booze up for the players dotted around not the country. Now. Oh, yeah, not anymore. Um, yeah, but it's odd to have it at this time of the year. But I guess it it's got its own place now. So yeah, it just feels like last season was a long time ago. Um, I, th- I think in terms of the PFA team of the year, having four representatives is also really reflective of of how good we were. Saliba, Edegard, and Saka were nailed on. Ramsdale surprised me. I got to be honest. Um, I think I think maybe people outside of Arsenal rate Aaron maybe more than we do inside the own inside our own house, if you know what I mean. Because that is that is a great accolade. I, the other keepers were ahead of him statistically. Um, David Raya was. Um, I think Allison had a had a storming season. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I'm chuffed that Aaron got it. What a boost, by the way, for him. As soon as we got David Raya in in. He suddenly gets this recognition from from his peers. What a lift that does to his confidence, and also the message it sends to Mikel Arteta is that look, you you got the best around already, so yeah. don't even think about changing it. So then the timing was really good for Aaron. But it also does say, Amy, about the standards that Mikel Arteta has brought to the club that a goalkeeper who made the PFA team last year might not even be in the first team at some point fairly soon. I mean, that is quite that shows you where we are, the level we're at now, right? Well, I just think having four players in it shows where Arsenal are, True as well. to be completely honest. And yeah. I, I, I think that it's one of those things where for a period of time, over probably the best part of a decade or so, there was always a quite a good sprinkling of Arsenal players in the uh, in these teams of the year. Uh, obviously, around the time of, uh, of title-winning, you know, Henri's Vieira's, Perez's and so on and so forth, and it was one of the things that I think was symptomatic of the way Arsenal fell away, uh, yeah, standards-wise, that yeah. there was very few contenders for the last you know few years. So to go from a sort of barren spell to four uh, is a really good reflection on quite the impact of last season. 
But of right. course, it sets a standard that, you know, it, I, I, I sincerely hope that we're sitting here this time next year, heralding another four players of the year in, in team of the year, because that will demonstrate that Arsenal would have had another fantastic season. Quite. Um, it's the first time we've had four in the PFA Team of the Year since 2007-8. Bakary Sanya, Gail Clichy, Cesc Fabregas and Emmanuel Adebayor. William Saliba was, well, it does say here, named in back-to-back teams of the season. I don't like to say back-to-back when it comes to William Saliba. I'll be honest with you right now because I wanted to be as... <laughs> I don't want to think about that. He was in the Liga team in 21-22. The transfer window closes tonight. Uh, Flo Balogun's gone to Monaco. 30 million euros plus 10 million in add-ons and a 17... 17- 0.5% sell-on clause as well, which is pretty good, Adrian, isn't it, really? Mm. Probably the best move for all parties, this. We've got a decent fee for him. Yeah, when Chelsea come in and pay 90 and offer him a 10-year contract, we might might get a slight, nice hefty slice, might we, from, from yes. Flo Balogun. Um, no, just wish him well. I think that, yeah, he's come through the come through the system and got to a great level, Just just not quite enough to break into our first team but he, he he's in that situation where he's not quite ready for us seemingly in the eyes of Mikel he said uh, Adrian didn't he that he wanted first team football yeah. and that really almost was a clincher wasn't it yeah and yeah it was and he knew what he was doing when he was saying that and and I think when when you've had a season like he had in France you're you're an absolute ledge over there they love him um, to go and join a, a you know a prestigious club like Monaco, it makes complete sense. I think he will back himself to score just as many, if not more, goals in that team. And if he does that, he can become a 60, 70, 80 million pound striker. And and if Monaco cash in, which they will, um, then then we get a little bit of a kickback from that, and he he goes and progresses his career again. So yeah, I think it's a win win. Didn't really didn't want him to go to Chelsea. And uh, I'm pleased that he hasn't. No, quite. Uh, we also absolutely did not want Emil Smith-Rowe to go to Chelsea. I mean, they've since signed uh, Cole Palmer and probably about another three players since we went on air, to be honest with you. They've spent over a billion quid. Something weird is going on. Um, we talked about ESR on this show uh, the other day, so we won't talk about that. But still no defensive signing. Amy, are you concerned about that? We've got six defenders. I mean, uh, Alexander Sinchenko talked very highly of Ruel Walters. Um, maybe we'll use him this season, but we, it does feel a bit light in defence, does it not? Yeah, I think it does. And as uh, we've seen in, in kind of latest systems, there's a, a, a desire to use midfield orientated players uh, at the back of which there are kind of a few that you could choose. You could probably play Declan Rice there if you needed to in a different sort of a way. Obviously, uh, Zinchenko, we discussed last week, we fantasised about him playing in midfield (laughs) instead of defence. Thomas, Partey. So, yeah, there's there's options there. But, I mean, I think in the Premier League, you know, you need... Defenders who love defending. We just sold one, didn't we? Or sent one out yeah, online, didn't I, we? Yeah, it's just uh, still something that I find slightly baffling and I, I worry that there might be points of the season where we think, was that really worth doing? But we're not in the dressing room, we're not in the inside the club and there are obviously dynamics there that led everyone to think that that was the best move. So time's going to tell on this one. I mean, it, it, it does feel light and, you know, in the end... 
that was where we really suffered last season because yep. the pivotal point of the season is when you lose William Saliba and Tomiyasu at the same time and we couldn't cover that position and that created you know all sorts of problems that sort of started the unravelling. So, you know, bringing in Timber seemed like a magnificent solution, but unfortunately, tragically, he is unavailable for a while. So I, I still, you know, hopefully by the time this comes out or is being listened to, we might have smuggled in Alone. a very good option um, to, to, to be that kind of extra reliable body that can cover with, you know, all the right qualities because it does feel like you're leaving a little bit to chance. Yep. Echo everything Amy said. We've been saying the same thing for weeks. Yeah. I'll, I'll be really surprised if we don't add another defender, but there isn't, no, there are no whispers. I'm just hoping that everything <laughs> is, is being kept very cloak and dag- dagger. You know, where's Orny when you need him? I mean, we need, we need him tipping us off that. On the phone, I imagine right now. I mean, oh. this is probably the biggest day of his year. He's this got, peak tw- Orny got tw- territory, 12 it, hours and 15 minutes <laughs> as we speak. In terms of outgoings, uh, Rob Holding, uh, Albert, Sambi, Laconga, Nicola, Pepe and Cedric. I'm sure they're still available. Some of the windows, Turkish, the Portuguese and the Saudi windows close later. Uh, so there still may be opportunities to sell. You'll hear about it. I was going to say you'll hear about it here first, but we're going off in a minute. <laughs> but Orna will let you know, all right? Just keep an eye on what he's saying. Let's have a song uh, to finish. Uh, Amy, what have you got? I did point out your Where Is My Mind uh, sweatshirt that you're yeah, wearing. I mean, this uh, one is a song for tunes. every day of my life, Pixie's Where tune. Is My Mind. <laughs> um, I could pick this. Not really a happy song. Not really a happy yeah, song, but, but, uh, but maybe true tune. to yeah, yeah. life. Yeah. Anyway, um, I am going to go for the excitement of being back in that very prolonged Champions League draw and choose a song by Joe Smooth, uh, Chicago dance master from back in the late 80s and early 90s and Promised Land. I thought you were going to choose the Champions League anthem there for a minute. (laughs) Just listen to Promised Land if you don't know it already. Do you know what? I'm going to. I'm going to. To banger, I think, as the kids would say. Uh, uh, Adrian, what you got? Well, what I I want to see is us go back to what we did last season. I want to see that team we talked about earlier and I want to see those chemistries, those partnerships flourishing. I want to see another magnificent performance from Arsenal in a big game at home to Manchester United. I want us to show everyone how we do it. Um, So the song that came to mind was Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. So um, yeah, that's the that's the tune that was in I my head. I thought you were going to go the Beatles get back. I thought no, that's what you were okay, building towards we do there. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, I want uh, us to show everyone how we do it. And uh, yeah, there's no better place than Super Sunday, four thirty, smashing Manchester United know. smithereens. Can't wait. I've I was listening to Beck the other day, and uh, if Rob Holding leaves, 
and he might still leave in the next 24 hours. Um, I thought Devil's Haircut could send him on his way quite nicely. I do like that tune. <laughs> Got a devil's I'd like some respect on Rob Holding's name, please. You know what? I respect him. I think he's been outstanding and I would like him. I'd love to be able to say goodbye to him and he might still leave in the next 24 hours. I think he's been a really phenomenal pro. His uh, attitude and his personality around the place is absolutely first class. And don't forget, particularly that cup final when he came in out of nowhere and was instrumental, giving us a a monumental performance when needed. And uh, if he does go, I think he should be fondly remembered, always welcome back and recognised as as an absolute good guy. What's that in your pocket, Rob? Is that? Oh, it's Diego Costa, isn't it? That's right. There <laughs> it is. There. That was uh, fantastic. I, by the way, cult status does not mean that we can't take the piss out of his hair. Mm. Uh, can I just say? But uh, I, I love him, and I always did. Uh, anyway, there you go. That um, was handbrake off. Thank you to Amy. Uh, thank you to Adrian. Thanks to Jay, uh, our producer, and thank you for listening. Uh, enjoy the game, Sunday. I'm Ian Stone. See you soon. Ta-da. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.